Hey everybody and welcome. You are listening to Lox LaRue's Locker Room. Join me each episode with a different special guest. We'll be breaking the locks off toxic masculinity one locker at a time. On this episode, I'm joined by the daring and divine Dominus von Vexo. Dominus is an award-winning burlesque and drag producer and performer. They are also the founder of House of the Law and they are the 2021 Church of Waishi winner. Today, we talk about queer sexuality throughout history, queer expression in dance and performance, and how we explore themes of masculinity and gay stereotypes in our boylesque act, Hey Sailor. Please note that the conversations between me and my guests are purely based on our own thoughts and experiences. Now, with all that in mind, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. And just before we start, here is the lesson in masculinity 101. During the 1950s and 1960s, a large percentage of gay men began joining the Navy. In the Navy, gay men could be truthful about their sexuality. They used it as an outlet of freedom where they could express themselves, whether that was through different clothing or other traits, and were able to do this without the fear of being discriminated against. Sea queens were how gay men who worked aboard mainly merchant vessels were described before the 1960s. They were predominantly effeminate gay men who worked either in entertainment or as waiters on cruise ships, often becoming offshore wives for heterosexual sailors for the duration of voyages. Hey everyone and welcome to Lux LaRue's Locker Room. Today I've got a superstar with me. I've got the daring, the dashing, the divine, Dominus von Vexo. Hi everyone, thank you for having me. Hello, how are you today Dominus? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, I'm, I'm glad the sun's out, don't enjoy those clouds. So could you give us a bit of context about who Dominus von Vexo is for those who don't know? So basically, um, I do a whole kind of facet of things, uh, predominantly in Birmingham, predominantly in the city centre of Birmingham. Um, So I produce shows, teach classes, choreograph. um, We try and kind of bring slightly more inventive things to the kind of shows that we do. Um, We try and kind of build that in the heart of the LGBT community. When I first started that out, um, there really wasn't anything like that in the heart of the LGBT community. And they kind of had a bit of a tough time, shall we say, accepting burlesque and diverse body types, diverse art forms and stuff. So it's kind of been quite a battle sort of bringing that forth. And now I can say that it's kind of really... um, it's really changed and changed for the better which is really nice to see there's a lot more performances a lot more shows and stuff happening and I think that's a really positive thing so the reason I start with that rather than just talking about myself that's kind of very much kind of the work that I do as a performer um I do lots of different numbers and um, I like to do very sexy numbers very queer based numbers um often um quite energetic um so I bring a lot of my dancing skills into it and stuff but um a lot of the work that I do is that I'm just really trying to kind of build up the scene here a little bit and stuff and kind of that includes like a lot of facets and a lot of different areas and stuff I think if I didn't do that and I just performed I wouldn't enjoy what I do so much so I like having that kind of variety I've no idea whether that answers the question <laughs> question or not yeah absolutely did Frankie so I'm just gonna hone in on something you said about um having energetic performances and I know you've mentioned and previously mentioned about um injecting some queer culture and um history and inspiration into your performances and acts so with that in mind I'd like to focus first on your George Michael um 
police act so could you um tell us a bit about that please um first what it's about of course of course so um it's like a kink based striptease so um it's basically striptease where i'm taking off my costume um, but it's kind of more kink based so it's got more of a kind of suggestive nature and there's some kind of kink aspects in there like wax um, blindfolding those sorts of things so kind of a bit more of a sex kind of based nature the actual title of the act is sex scandal and stuff um, so basically I created the number um, it's very much based on I think it's 1998 uh, when George Michael got caught in the bathroom uh, by the police and was kind of baited into that kind of situation and I kind of wanted to kind of capture that sort of seediness of um, sort of queer sex and stuff like that and how it's kind of been in history and how it is in sort of some ways still now um, and I got a lot of the imagery based on the kind of queer illustrator Tom of Finland so if you don't know who that is basically he does all of the kind of homoerotic kind of art of the sort of leather men really so this has been integral really to kind of male kind of queer fashion and history it's used all of the time um so like people like Freddie Mercury took a lot from the looks and George Michael as well people like that really so yeah it was basically kind of like a mashup of all of that so there's lo lots of kind of narrative in it it's kind of anyone watching it won't necessarily get all of that but I definitely used all of that as kind of references to sort of bring the act together um, and it's definitely become a staple of mine it's actually one of my favorites to perform as well and um, I'd say that if you want to know who Dominus is watch that performance and that will be your answer. <laughs> Do you think um, say if people were to ask or if you were to find to define your performing in terms of how you present yourself with your aesthetic and how you perform is it definitely then a mix of like masculine and feminine or would you say it's more subconscious then i would say that i do a very hyper feminine kind of look with my drag and stuff um and i think again a lot of that is linked to I take a lot of inspiration from kind of old Hollywood, essentially. So kind of figures like Mae West, Marilyn Monroe um, and all of those kind of like looks and stuff like that. But I, I don't know necessarily fully why I do that. I just enjoy the glamour of it and I like to kind of bring that to stage. And I do think a lot of kind of classic burlesque when kind of I guess the American striptease part of it that glamour is a big part of it so I do enjoy that a lot but also I think kind of during if you look into the history of Hollywood and stuff and a lot there's a lot of kind of queer coding going on so essentially what was that was in a nutshell I'll try and explain this the best way that I can it's basically a lot of kind of queer roles were written into narratives and they were either given to villains or they were given to kind of women and kind of really good examples would be like sort of like all about Eve with Bette Davis and stuff like that and I think a kind of lot of queer people saw their storylines and stuff in that and that's where a lot of the diva worship started to come in from um so you know I've done some Disney villain stuff as well and a lot of the Disney villains kind of are have a lot of kind of queer traits and stuff like that and obviously that is very much steeped in homophobia and stuff like that but they are absolutely iconic and full of characters. So I think maybe that's where some of my kind of visual aesthetic comes from and why that appeals to me personally as a queer person. Again, I suppose it is 
that kind of queer appeal. And as I said earlier, like a lot of what I do is kind of very LGBTQ plus based and stuff. And I draw a lot of inspiration from that culture. Yeah, I was going to kind of link that in then um, with In the Navy, that act, because um, that's kind of touches on a lot of history. Would you be able to talk to us a bit about um, that, that please, that um, the double acts that we both do? Because I know that um, you researched into it in terms of when it was coming up with some visuals for it and the costuming and just sort of like the concept and the choreography behind it, the double acts that we both do. Because I know that um, you researched into it in terms of when it was coming up with some visuals for it and the costuming and just sort of like the concept and the choreography behind it. Yeah, of course. Um, so this is a double act that we do together. It's very new. We've only performed it twice. Um, I really enjoy doing it. It's really fun. You should watch it if you can. Um, but it's, it's, it's in them kind of very early days and stuff. So the act is called Hey Sailor. And that was kind of like an expression people used to say to people if they were sort of gay or whatever. Basically, the kind of act includes a lot of those kind of stereotypes I think of sort of gay men in the navy and basically burlesque burlesque is rooted in parody isn't it so we kind of lean into that a little bit so we kind of do this whole jumbled up thing of where we're sort of leaning into stereotypes sometimes we'll exaggerate that and parts of the acts we're sort of again deconstructing sort of what it means to be if you are sort of a male in the kind of um, military force or navy force I guess so it's kind of playing around with all those kind of ideas really and also I think we've kind of got a comment in there as well about kind of obviously we use the love wins slogan um, in it and I think that's really interesting that we've put that in there because to an extent, obviously, the Navy is a armed force, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think it kind of comments on those sort of battle traits and stuff, saying that love ultimately wins, and we're kind of commenting on that aspect as well. Um, so there's definitely a lot in there. And obviously, we do it to the um, village people in the Navy, of course, classic song. But that song in general is just utterly camp. It's really fun. The lyrics in it are really applicable. But when they filmed that video, um, I think the Navy let them use one of their ships. Um, but they didn't realise that they were all gay. <laughs> um, so when they filmed it and released it, um, apparently the Navy were in complete up in arms about it because they're like, oh, my God. I can't believe we've allowed this. It's embarrassing, this, that, and the other. And, um, you know, those are the kind of icons that we need in our life right now. Do you know what I mean? Always <laughs> oh, the way, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it kind of touches on all of that. I think as an actor, we can definitely push it further at times. Um, but as with all acts, it's kind of in those kind of very early processes of sort of like working it out on stage and stuff. But yeah, it's a huge mix of stuff where the audience can take many messages from it, but it is genuinely really fun, really camp, really um, energy filled and stuff. And hopefully, you know, just taking up space in kind of the mainstream, doing that, it can hopefully, you know, open up some minds of people. Um, yeah, because I think it plays on that homoerotic a bit as well, doesn't it? In the choreography, like a lot of our boylesque acts do. But 
because you, um, you took a bit of inspiration as well from the film um, Hail Caesar, didn't you, as well? Oh, yes, yes. That, that that's a... that as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, again, that comments on kind of, like, gay people in the Navy and stuff like that, and uh, to an extent they could live freely with their sexuality. Um, yeah, but it is interesting uh, seeing how they kind of put the innuendo and taboo, but, again, that is also linked um, and is a parody of old Hollywood in that film. So kind of linking it back to what I was saying earlier, I'm always sort of going back to then kind of references, I guess, um, and then kind of bringing that into what we do. Yeah, what I liked about the act as well is obviously you mentioned earlier, um, whether it's your own act or with our double acts, it's kind of like you can play into that stereotype, but also you can add different elements to it as well, can't you? So it kind of ticks different boxes. Um, for example, the homoerotic stuff can be like the stereotype of like gay men, but also like you added the elements when creating the acts with the love wins element as well. So it kind of adds these different layers, which is always good to do, isn't it? Within a performance, have different layers, even if yeah. you know, it only picks up on certain parts. Um, yeah, for sure. And like, if you know, we're obviously linking this to kind of like masculinity and toxic masculinity and stuff. Um, and I think sort of within the act, we do a lot of movements that are a bit more military based, a little bit more masculine, but then we have kind of more femme kind of camp movements in it as well. So we're always kind of chopping and changing between those kind of two energies. And I think that ultimately kind of comments on A, you can be in the Navy and stuff, but you don't have to be like men, men to do it in sort of inverted commas not that you can see this on podcast but um yeah like it kind of comments on that a bit but then like also you know you can be more masculine and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're toxic either you know um so yeah it kind of like brings all of that into question a little bit so I'm aware that we've come to the end now but I didn't I wanted to chat to you really quickly about um pride because obviously mm -hmm. it's Pride season in Birmingham because the Commonwealth Games pushed it forward. So very quickly to end on a positive note, just wanted to talk about your Kings of Pride Pride routine this year. If you could just tell us a bit of the inspiration behind that, um, obviously in terms of like expression as well, like that you've choreographed into the routine, and yeah, just it's a whole lot of fun. Obviously doing the routine myself. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm glad you're enjoying it and it, I hope um, it goes down well at Pride. I believe this is coming out after, so yeah. we will have formed it by now. So it was amazing, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, the Pride Parade is a mission, essentially. It's, it's really fun to do, um, but it is definitely kind of a mission to organise because you're having to choreograph something that is constantly moving, sometimes stopping, sometimes you get them kind of congestion, sometimes it's going round, you're on different surfaces, those surfaces can be very unlevel. So it's like, how do we kind of perform in that kind of setting? So first off, there's a lot of logistical problems, but then also we have a very diverse group of kind of sexualities, ages particularly, abilities as well. And I love that um, the group that we work with is as diverse as that. So it's like, it's trying to strike that balance between all of that and performing. So obviously we can't 
take anything off or things like that because it's it's constantly moving so it is a more dance based number so this year um i wanted to do kind of british queer um kings of pride and essentially i've called it kings of pride because i've chosen what i view as um the sort of three british queer kings of music so that's out on john Freddie Mercury and George Michael. Um, and I think I wanted to do that because I think often in the LGBT community, there's a lot of diva worship and stuff, which we've already spoke about. And that's amazing. Huge diva worship in myself. You know, there's a lot of like Kylie, Madonna, Diana Ross, Cher, all of these amazing, amazing artists. And I think sometimes um, it's nice to kind of explore the male side of that as well. Um, and certainly as someone who identifies as male, I really associate with these kind of performers and um, with how kind of flamboyant they are, how they explored their own sexualities, how they brought that into music and stuff. And I kind of wanted to highlight that this year at Pride um, and just sort of like also how great their bloody music is because all of them are absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, so that's why I called it um, Kings of Pride and we're just basically celebrating their music, the impact that they've made on the queer community um, and sort of just sharing that space really. Yeah so could you tell us a bit about your um, Pride costume this year, sort of a bit of the inspiration behind it and sort of the, the feeling you were going for and what you'd hoped for the end result to be because um, obviously I know that you said that this this pride routine is especially important to you being kings of pride and how you have found a lot of the musicians um inspirational yeah absolutely um so kind of um i personally find it really important that i look my best when i do pride um i think i take the response about the responsibility, there we go, of being a drag artist in the queer community, because I think drag has a history there of often kind of being staples in the community of uplifting them, um, welcoming people into the community, educating people. I, I take that really seriously. So when I do the parade, I want to look the absolute best that I can and where my money can stretch to as well <laughs> comfortably. Um, so yeah, so I wanted to do a look that it wasn't necessarily uh, based on anyone or anything. I wanted to kind of bring some aspects into it. So I wanted a bit of a royalty element to it and a bit of a kind of ringmaster sort of royalty element to it and kind of have that queen crown moment. Um, so yeah, like, I think kind of the sort of superhero version of myself almost and um, kind of my more highly evolved forms so obviously need to wear some kind of crown on my head um, and I kind of did the sort of stars on the kind of gloves and the boots um, to kind of yeah just kind of give it that edge so the theme uh, was glam rock that I get for everyone or to kind of they could do some kind of inspiration from one of the three um, artists um, so I just wanted to put a little bit of Freddie Mercury in there as well, because um, I've kind of done out on John and George Michael before. Um, and I wanted to do his uh, Live Aid yellow leather jacket with all the belts on and stuff. Uh, but rather than just kind of wearing a jacket, um, the aim is the aim was to kind of have like some kind of like corset 
kind of piece based on it and then kind of put in sort of like gold fringe and stuff like that to kind of shush it up and just give it a bit more of a kind of royalty-esque sort of thing to what I do so the the look does play with gender a little bit um but yeah it's kind of it's a look that I feel very powerful in I've designed it myself um I've definitely drawn inspiration from them kind of artists and stuff and people like Bob Mackey and stuff like that that and Terry Mugler um, that have kind of really helped bring that so I kind of wanted to bring that kind of hyper femme but sort of I guess a sort of bit of a royalty superhero-esque sort of thing to it as well to kind of give it that strength um so yeah that's that that's my pride look um I think I've done my best to kind of articulate that I'm sure there'll be plenty of reels and photos of me in it <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, and like you said, because you went with the, the the theme of royalty, do you reckon that definitely plays on your strength as a performer? Because obviously, um, everything you do is very um polished and like powerful as well. So, do you reckon you wanted to kind of pay homage? And you said pride is important to you as yourself as a performer. So, that kind of celebration within yourself, but also translating with the community. And, with pride in itself oh absolutely yeah like even though I do a lot of different stuff and a lot of character work there's definitely a few looks that I do which I think are kind of quintessentially sort of me in my most sort of powerful form should we say my my uh Pokemon evolution um so yeah I think kind of having that sort of royalty-esque power to it um because obviously one of my slogans is you walk with thunder and that's kind of really important so that people come into our shows sort of feel a bit more empowered and people that come to my classes and the cast that I work with and obviously everyone in House of the Law as well um so for me it's like how can I get that in a look and this is kind of what I came up with. Um, so it's that sort of statement. It's bold. It's striking. Makes me feel powerful. And then hopefully that will translate to other people to kind of tap into their sort of powers and feel a bit more empowered to do stuff themselves. And, you know, I'm sort of leading the, the, the routine of the parade. And that can be extremely stressful at times um, because there's so much going on. But I need to do a good job. I need to hold that group together. I need to inspire them to feel safe to be themselves as well. And, you know, as I said, it's pride. It's a protest, isn't it? So if I'm not putting my best foot forward, then that's not acceptable, really, is it? And I'm sure you will. I'm looking forward to it. So um, thank you, Dominus, for coming on to the podcast today. I've really, it's been a pleasure to have you. I've really enjoyed chatting finding a bit more about your dragon performing and with you educating us a bit that's been really useful and helpful and interesting so thank you bye everyone thanks so much for having me bye i would like to thank dominus for coming on to my podcast today if you want to catch more of Dominus, then check out their Instagram handle in the episode description. If you do feel like leaving a review, please do so. Thank you for listening to Loxlaroo's Locker Room. And make sure to follow me on Instagram at Loxlaroo. Bye! Well, I think predominantly people are just there clapping along, enjoying um, two beautiful people <laughs> dancing around, taking yeah. their clothes off. <laughs>
<laughs> and it does tie into that King Calamity bit as well, if that's a, a, another route that you'd want to see it from as well. <laughs> the many. Oh, like role playing. Yeah. <laughs>